Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, so today is July 17, 2015, and we are on AC training class number four of 10. So what's been going on? Well, I've been having some experiences that really verify, you know, that I am indeed communicating and so on. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the topic you chose for today in terms of what to offer the animal in reply is so timely. Um, if I could, I just wanted to tell you about three experiences and then oh. you can take it from there. Okay, absolutely. Okay, so one is that I was at the beach with my big family, and there were flies. And for some reason, I mean, they were biting all of us, but I was, like, being attacked. I mean, I was singled out, and I had, like, dozens and dozens of flies biting me. Mm -hmm. So I decided to talk with them, and I got the information that I was a bright white light, and I tasted good. So I went a little further with it, and I saw myself as they saw me, and I was indeed a bright white light. And then I had to laugh because I looked down, and I had put zinc oxide all over my legs, and it hadn't absorbed. And I looked like Casper the ghost. So there it was, you know, and probably this oxide tasted good to them. Um. But I didn't know what to do from there except get on my bicycle and pedal as hard as possible away. Another time I was, there were some dolphins. There are always dolphins at this beach. And I decided as one was swimming by to talk with it. And, you know, this could have been serendipity or not, but... All of a sudden, it started jumping and leaping, and it it looked like flipper. It was like up on its tail, running up and down the beach. And I couldn't go any further because this, of course, attracted like crowds of people, and it was very exciting. And I just, I I couldn't hold that focus. Okay. But it was, it was unusual dolphin behavior. I've seen it once before over the decades, but that the moment I came into contact with that animal, it acted this way was interesting. Mm -hmm. And then I was working with, um, you had suggested the assignment of working with childhood pets and so on. And one of the animals I was communicating with was the first horse that I learned to ride horseback on. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I had never known it as a child, but that horse was in pain and its mouth hurt from poor riders and its legs hurt. And it was a sensitive animal who just kind of got broken down by oversensitive or undersensitive riders. 
And I just, you know, in all these experiences, I didn't know what to do with it. Okay. Okay. So let's let's go with the horse then first, since we're fresh on this one. So with the horse, um, listening, do know that listening in and of itself is a gift to the animals, okay? Uh-huh. That allowed that horse to express something that up to that point in time, no other person, especially the riders, had been able to perceive from the horse. Now, even if the horse, I mean, it's your childhood pet, so chances are the horse is deceased at this point, or at least with another owner, and and that's okay. Somebody has still listened to me. When we humans get listened to by another and nobody judges us, even if the person who we're speaking our heart and soul to in that moment isn't in a position to say anything or do anything for us, doesn't it feel good that we just got it off our chest to begin with? Mm. Yeah. So you yeah. are doing something. Even when you think you can't do anything more, you can't change it, or in this case with the past horse, you can't do anything to undo what was done. Mm. Um, you know, you could always, if it feels right and re, you know, resonates for you, you could say, I'm really sorry. I'm sorry that happened. I'm sorry I didn't understand then, but I'm so grateful I understand now because from here on forward, that knowledge will allow me, you know, to be more aware when I ride horses, you know, things of that sort. Right. So you can thank them for the gift of knowledge. Okay, because it did. I mean, I really knew what it was to be a horse in that moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Dolphin. Um, So even that dolphin is still connectable to you. Okay, even if your trip is over, you're not looking at it in the water anymore, if you make it your intention to connect with that particular dolphin, you can ask it now while you're not distracted follow-up questions such as, can you tell me why you were behaving that way? What was going on for you? You know? Okay. And do know you can always go back in time to communicate with any animal in any moment. Okay. Okay. Regarding the flies, you certainly could, you know, you got their perspective. That's awesome. And did you by chance make it known to them that, you know, this wasn't working for you? Their biting you wasn't working for you. You weren't enjoying it. I did. And I I think I I got stuck in two ways. One one was that it was frankly awful, and I just wanted to get out of there. Okay. Um, And, you know, so I was was agitated. Mm -hmm. I was like doing this as I was unlocking my bicycle and getting on it and getting out of there. Mm-hmm. And, and two, we had talked before, for example, about a, um, a dog who wasn't sharing toys with another dog, and you had offered, you had suggested that I offer it alternatives. Mm-hmm. And I, I certainly didn't want to send these flies off to bite other people. Sure. I sure. didn't know quite what to offer um, So what comes up in the moment would be to offer you the idea of ask the energy that satiates their desire in that moment be offered to them. Okay? Ask that the energy mm-hmm. of the divine of the universe to give you a break, basically, and give you greater time to either A, get out of there, or B, come up with some other alternative. Um, but, yeah, no being, no body likes to be attacked. Penelope Smith, I, I've been in her presence when there's been mosquitoes around us. For the most part, she's explained that they don't bother her. 
because she has such peace and not resistance to them. But the ones that do, you know, fly around, because she, they're always females, it's females, mm-hmm. uh, female mosquitoes that feed for their babies, she, she gently floats them away, pushes them away. She doesn't smack them or kill them. And she says, no, I don't want to feed your babies. No, thank you. I don't want to partake in that. Go elsewhere. Yeah. So that's, you know, what I've seen her do. Okay, okay. And then there's sometimes animals, people, flies, they just keep badgering us and they don't give in. And, yeah, you need to take care of you (laughs) and you need to move out. (laughs) Yep. Okay, okay. But I I understand just to ask the universe to to allow this to balance. Yeah, because you can't necessarily satiate or give enough love or whatever the flies we're looking for to another being. I say love example because with humans, we we often want such and so, so, so and so to love us, you know, especially when we're young and we're in the dating field and all that, you know, to love us back as much as we love them. And, And you know what? We can't bring another being to that space, but we can ask the divine to provide them with whatever energies they're seeking in that moment. You know, and, and not even needing to know what energies, whether it be love or some other sort of energy type, needs to be offered. So mm-hmm. you can ask the universe to step in to assist. Thank you. And and I have, Danielle, just thought of one other question. Mm-hmm. So for decades here at my home, we've been feeding birds and always had a squirrel population that's been quite lovely and balanced. And this year we had sort of a a juvenile gang of male squirrels who've really moved in and are um, creating havoc in a lot of ways. Okay. So I was conversing with one was laying on a branch outside my window a couple days ago. And, you know, it it was a pretty basic energy. I, I just like to eat and sleep and drink the water here. I, I just, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. I just want this stuff. And and again, I, I, I didn't feel like I could ask it to go elsewhere because there probably isn't an elsewhere that's quite as um, lovely and posh as what we've set up here mm-hmm. from a squirrel's viewpoint. But I'm thinking from what you're saying that I could ask the universe to help balance the situation. You could. And you could even present to those squirrels, even to one squirrel, and ask that they send the message off to the others. Because, you know, they talk. They telepath with each other. You know, whatever behaviors are, you know, irking you, you can ask them, hey, here's, this is a problem for me, and here's why it's a problem. That's a thing. A lot of people will say, animals, stop doing that. But we never actually say why. We need mm-hmm. to say why. Um, and then from there, offer an alternative possibility, an alternative suggestion, because not all of them think of what an alternative substitute behavior would be. Mm-hmm. So whatever's lurking, you explain it, explain why, and offer an actual substitution and ask them to please spread the word. And you may find that their behavior softens or whatever it is you're looking for without you them necessarily you. needing to go away. Okay, thank you. Yeah, yeah that, that's really helpful. I, I mean, as you can tell, I, I I feel positive and gaining confidence about my ability to connect and communicate. Mm-hmm. But what what to do about it? <laughs> mm-hmm. 
yep, 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 yep. No, that's just the next phase you're in. So, you, so you, you're mm-hmm. able to do the work, and now, now what? It's like, well, what do I do now? <laughs> that's okay. That's why we have teachers. Uh, we often need many teachers in our lives, not, not just for animal communication, but for other areas of our life. We need somebody ahead of us to kind of show us what the options are. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Anything else on your mind? That is it. Thank you so much. Absolutely. All right. Well, a couple things I want to talk about here. So working with animals in person versus over a distance. I don't think we talked about this in the past, but if we did, let me know. Stop me and say, oh, yeah, this sounds familiar. So when you're working with an animal in person versus over a distance, you want to set yourself up for success. So to do so is as simple as making sure your body is physically comfortable in the environment you're working in. If you're working inside, if I'm doing an in-person session inside somebody's house, they all naturally lead me to a couch or a living room or someplace where we've got a quiet zone in which to work in. I once had a woman had a radio running in the back background in another room for, I guess her child was back there, and I said, you know, for the session, um, can we turn that radio off because it's more conducive for me to work easily if I've got silence. So I don't want TVs, radios, um, banging is not ideal. You know, I, can you do work through it? Yeah, you can. It's just that it's more challenging. So set yourself yeah. up for success, quiet environment, comfortable environment. Put your body position to your body in a position that's most comfortable. Sitting now, for example, is most comfy for me when I'm in a, you know, doing an hour session in somebody's house. If I am outdoors in a barn setting, I will want to stabilize my body up against a fence post or lean up against a barn or the outside, outside the reach of a horse, if I'm talking with the horse while it's in its stall that way, with my eyes closed working, I can't accidentally be nipped or whatever. I'm basically putting my body in a safe place while I do the work, because in that moment, I'd love to say I'm aware of everything and anything, but I'm really not. I'm very much focused on the communication session, and so I need to make sure I am safe. It's not the job of people, you know, clients to take care of me during that moment in that way. Um, stability, you then. Stabilize your, your body. Do you work with your eyes closed? Uh, more often than not, yes. Okay. Yes. I will oscillate back and forth between the two, but I'd say the majority of sessions, um, whether they be in person or me working on the phone with a client where they can't see me, is still done with my eyes closed. Because you know what? For me personally, and everybody's going to be different, this may or may not be where you fall, um, it gets rid of the visual distractor you yeah. know, of what's going on in my environment. And I want to give my whole presence, my whole 100% to the communication and to that animal. Um, I can work with my eyes opened, and depending on the flow, of what we're talking about and, you know, the flow being, you know, am I strongly connected with that animal or am I, for whatever reason, the animal feels a little bit distant and I have to work a little bit harder at sensing and hearing? You know, it's just like being in conversation with another human. If you're mm-hmm. with a human who's a friend of yours or you're talking the same language, oh, my gosh, what an easy flow of conversation. But if you're talking, for example, you with the homeopathics, if you're talking to somebody who's never heard of homeopathics before, it's going to be a little bit more work for you, (laughs) you know, because you don't speak the same language. So that's what I wanted to say about in-person versus over the phone. Now, people will ask you, how do you do this over the phone, okay? My very brief answer to them is this is telepathy. This is energy work. It is not 
influenced by whether there's walls around me or there's it's wallless. It's energy work. It's like a radio tower putting out um, radio hosts or speakers or music. It travels over a distance. So I get it via um, images in my third eye, emotions in my body, feelings, um, you know, thoughts, uh, intuitive tastes, intuitive smells, and all of that comes through energetically, telepathically. So the conversation with the animal in person is going to be identical to the conversation you'd be having over the phone. And a lot of people don't get that. And someday if you start doing, you know, choosing to charge for sessions, um, I do charge $25 above the rates that I have for phone sessions online because I can't book back-to-back if I'm at somebody's house. And I do choose to only go within 30-mile radius of me on paved roads. Out here in Colorado, we've got a lot of unpaved roads. So I, my car, my little car, is not suited for that. So I like to get their address and tell them, you know, I'll give you a quote, and I want to map quest their address before I get back to them confirming if I'm going to do it or not. Another thing with in-person sessions, you want to find out from the owner why are you wanting to connect with your animal? What's the topic of conversation? You know, if they're saying, oh, the usual stuff, you know, I've got a cat peeing outside the box or, you know, whatever, that's fine. But if they tell you, I've got an aggressive dog and I want you to see what's going on firsthand with your eyes, that's when your red flag as a communicator would want to go up because you need to explain to them your animal is, even if I'm a communicator, is going to behave more than likely in the same manner it's behaved with every other human because it's the body my body that would set your animal off. And it's very important when we do AC sessions that the animal and the people, you know, yourself included, are as calm and relaxed as possible because that sets us all up for having a very open-hearted, honest conversation with few distractions few distractions for the dog is ideal as well. I personally will not do um, in-person aggressive animal sessions. If Now, I ended up doing one because I was in my early days, and I'll tell you how it panned out. I got to the woman's house. She didn't give me the heads up, nor did I ask. It's my own fault. I was new at this. Um, and arrived to her house, and I'd driven an hour. I don't do that anymore either. <laughs> to get there and the dog is barking its head off and she says wait I need to hook the dog up um, inside my home to a a chain um, because he's aggressive with people and I was like okay I should have known ahead of time but I didn't so the dog spent the entire session chained up in the home um, within the same room the dog was actually fine and quiet with the exception of me when I first sat down and when I got up at the end. But other than that, it was quiet, so it was still easy enough to work with the dog. Um, but I've since learned we don't need to see what we can ask for from the owner to know what, what's going on in the situation. As owner, what does the situation look like for you? I get this a lot with the people who have skittish animals, too. And they'll say, oh, my animal's really skittish. But they seem to think that just because you can talk with it, they're going to behave differently with you. Now, I will go to homes of skittish animals, and what I tell them is please have a photo prepared in case your animal, cats especially, are you know uncomfortable being in the same room as I because I, I don't want you to pull them out from underneath the bed. That's really not, you know, that's not cool. Let them do their normal routine. They can be eating, pooing. They can be outside gallivanting. They can be doing their normal routine. You don't have to alter what they're doing in order for us to have an AC session with them, but I do would like a visual of them, so a photograph would be great. With skittish animals, I will tell the animal before I enter the house by usually sitting out in my car five minutes early. You know, I'll connect with them, say, hey, listen, your person's arranged for the session. They really want to understand you. That way they know their person is involved in the choice-making of me coming in the house. 
and then I explain, I am not going to reach out and touch you or pet you or do you know eye contact with you in any way, shape, or form that makes you uncomfortable. If you want to come up and sniff me or come into the room and hang out with us, by all means, great, but I will keep my hands to myself unless you make it super, super obvious that you're wanting to interact with me. I did that once with a woman's very skittish dog, and the dog ended up choosing of its own accord to hang out with us in the, in the living room while we did the session. And afterwards, the dog chose to come up to me and sniff and ask for petting. So I did pet it, and the woman's like, my God, I've never had a visitor in a year of having this dog been able to do what you did with this dog. And I was like, it's because mm-hmm. I gave it the heads up okay uh, in advance that I wasn't going to put pressure upon it. Does this make sense? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Uh That's how you handle things like that. As far as information, I still want to know whether I'm working in person or um, at a distance if the animal's alive or not. And I still want name, age, breed, gender, how long owned, and if passed approximately when. I write all that down. There's something very powerful in writing that tag information down, in part because it makes it, clear to the universe who, which animal you are communicating with. You're not communicating with Fluffy on the other side of the world. You're communicating with this Fluffy, okay, and in front of you. What questions do you have about this? I think this is very clear to me, and I, okay. I, like, I like the writing it down. Mm-hmm. Good. How that would be useful. Mm-hmm. Good. Now, at this point in your sessions, are you practicing with any open-minded family or friends outside of our class? Uh, no, I'm not. Well, okay. well, I'm practicing with my daughter's dogs. Okay. Okay, no, awesome. But I feel like I've practiced with my daughter's dogs like a really a lot. So probably do you, think I there, do you have open-minded family or friends that you think you could reach out to and practice? I do. Okay, so uh, that's going to be your homework assignment, okay? In addition to another idea I'll give you, you know, optional homework assignment. If you're interested, reach out at this point because as you start to work with others, you're probably going to have questions that come up for you, which while we're working together now and in the future, you're going to be able to bring to me and bring to the call, and we can address it, okay? Um, When working with others, they're going to be very excited if they're indeed open-minded to it, and they're going to want you to ask a slew of questions to the animal that they don't know the answers to. If you want to ask those questions of the animals, great. But here's the thing. As a beginner student, you're probably going to want some confirmation and feedback, right? I mean, the average mm-hmm. student does. So in order to get that too, you'd want to also ask the animal some questions that you're pretty sure the owner would know the answers to. So you could do 25% owner doesn't know the answers to 75% they can answer it. Okay. 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 That will give you your confirmation and feedback, which will build your confidence because you're seeing that you're getting things right, which, as your confidence builds, will make you less likely to question yourself on those things where there's nobody there to give you confirmation and feedback for that 25%. Okay? So if all you ever do is answer those questions that, you know, they can't confirm, you're always potentially going to be in doubt. But this is a way of stepping out of doubt when working with others, and you don't have someone standing over your shoulder to give you feedback. Okay? As far as how to practice with them, you've got choices. You can do it by phone like you and I do. You can do it in person, or you can actually do it via email. Okay? And you can 
ask them what questions you want to know in advance, or you can say, hey, can I practice with your animal? I'm going to come up with all the questions, and that's cool too. Okay, and okay. you can do all 100% questions you think they can answer because you're practicing. And if they really enjoyed it and you really liked working with them and their animal, uh, you could say for the next round, you know, I'll do more uh, questions you can confirm, but I'm also going to include ones that maybe you're interested in knowing. What do you want to ask? Okay? Mm-hmm. So you can take it as fast or as slow as you want, and you can do it in whatever environment style of the three I mentioned, email, etc., that suits you now. When I first started, I felt safe hiding behind a computer. And I knew I was hiding, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. I let myself hide. And I let myself do it for as long as I needed to. I went on a practice forum called Pause Talk, and you're probably going to want to Google for this. Pause is in cat paws, P-A-W-S. It's a, a particular forum that's open to the public, and a lot of newbie AMO communicators will go there and practice with pets that are posted by the public. So that's a nice way of working behind the scenes via email, on your own time, taking as long as you need, and typing back the answers. Okay? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have any questions on the three different styles of practice you can do now? I understand the phone and the in-person. By email, you mean um, that you read the information via on the computer and then you a- email it back, your answers? Right. So instead of speaking out loud your answers to them, you're writing, you're typing it up as a transcript. Okay. And what you may find, I discovered at some point, one point I was getting the information so quickly that email was so slow for me to type it out that I got frustrated with the email and said, I'm not doing email sessions anymore, and now I'm just doing phone or in person. So if you are already there, by all means, go with what feels good, what's fun for you. Do what's okay. fun. Follow that energy. Yay. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right, cool. Um, I think we're all set there. So unless you have any questions on the three styles, let's move on to what we are doing today. Okay. Oh, I do have a question. As a homeopath, I work a lot via Skype. Um, I have clients around the world. Do you ever use Skype? I will rarely. Um, I've got a one-on-one training, um, the same class I'm teaching you here with a gal from Australia, and I use Skype for her because obviously, you know, phone charges and all that. Um, I will use it for the occasional client who's overseas. I will typically use Skype the voice versus the video. If they really want video, I'll do video. Here's the thing, though. If it's early in the morning, I kind of like doing my sessions in my PJs. (laughs) (laughs) So it comes down to what do you like to do. You've got to do what's fun for you, Ellen, because if you start making animal communication into a job or into work or something that's heavy or doesn't feel good, I feel like I'm giving giving all to my clients and I'm not giving to myself, um, then it's really not going to be fun for you, and you're going to probably not want to do it as much. Skype for me isn't as fun, in part because I, when I'm doing my in-person sessions, I close my eyes for much of the time. I'll open my eyes to do the con- eye contact with the people, which I enjoy. Um, Skype is harder for me to do that because I'm work- I'm, I've got the screen up of their animal photo there, and I'm not looking at their eyes. And so, you know, they may be looking back at me on video, and yet I'm staring at a picture because I've got a different tab up of their animal family up. So... It feels less personal, and 
on their end, it may be looking like, oh, she's not paying attention to me, she's not doing eye contact. Well, I'm focused elsewhere to do the session work. That, that was exactly my thought. Skype's harder for me, too, because people really want you to look at them. Yes, they and do. <laughs> yep, and it's more work for us. So it's it comes so down to, work. are you willing to do that work, and can you do it with ease and flow? And if you can't, and it's not fun for you, then maybe that's something you know, that you just don't want to choose right now. Got it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. So our special topic, fear and animals. So with fear, when you approach an animal talking to them specifically about firework crackers or firecracker fears or thunder fears or fear of this animal because of this new one that came in, etc., you always want to start by getting what the person knows. Get the person's side. We want two sides of the coin. So we want to know, person, what do you see? Okay, great. Thank you so much for that. Now, here's a question they will say to you. Well, maybe I shouldn't tell you anything. Am I supposed to tell you anything? Because I don't want to, you know, lead you, lead your questions. What I tell them when they ask that is, here's the thing. I want both sides of the coin. I want to know the human perspective. I want to know what I would see as a human observing with my eyes and ears just what you're seeing because that really gives me a big understanding of where you're coming from person. Okay, now I'm going to be during the communication session getting the other side of the coin, which may or may not, to the, from the animal's perspective, look the same as it looks to you because they're mm-hmm. living it from a different angle. And people are like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But if anybody's mm, withholding information, explain that to them and let them, let them know that it actually helps to know that. So you're not going in blind. In the beginning, again, you know, you, you, you learn things. So I'm going to tell you what I learned in the beginning. I learned that it's very, it's very much okay and good as an animal communicator to ask, what are you seeing on her? What are those questions? There was a time when I would enter a communication session knowing, only knowing that, say, you know, the, the, the cat is aggressive towards, or the dog is aggressive towards cats. And that's all I knew. And I didn't ask the owner before the call um, via email when we were setting up the appointment or even when we get on the call what that actually looked like. And I ended up, in hindsight, spending a lot of extra time getting what that looked like from the pet's perspective. When I could have, in a matter of 10 seconds or less, because we humans were very verbal, we speak the same human-human language, could have gotten that in half that amount of time. So don't waste your time getting their perspective. Ask them for it. Okay, I, I'm translating this into what I know, and it's like I would ask a parent about their young child instead of sitting there with the young child trying to do it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. okay. Mm-hmm. It saves time, and it keeps everybody on the same page. But I, I mention this because sometimes, especially new people to AC work, are like, oh, I'm not supposed to tell you that, am I? Or they're resistant, and you can feel or sense their resistance to telling you because they don't want to tell you too much because you're a psychic, and you're supposed to know. Yeah. <laughs> so you probably will encounter that. Um, so that's how you can handle it. All right. So once you've got that, then you go into the the animal, you know, to the animal and be like, okay, this is what your person is observing. What's going on here? What 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 is your perspective? I don't go in with judgment. I don't say automatically, cat, your person is ready to rehome you because you're peeing outside the box. What can we do about this? Mm-hmm. I just skip the major step of asking the animal's perspective. Okay. Mm-hmm. Also, as a seers, it is not our job to fix anything. And people will come to you wanting you to fix. Now, 
in reality, what are animals, what are people? All of us are spirit. We are divine, incarnated into a body. And this is spirit expressing through the body. And the universe has no judgment of right or wrong, good or bad. Okay? Mm-hmm. So in reality, whatever that animal is doing, whatever that person is doing, divine's perspective, there's nothing wrong with it. If you enter the conversation with no agenda and no point of view and no judgment, oh, animal, you're doing this wrong. I'm aligning with your person's perspective that it's wrong. And you enter from the neutral space of, hey, what's going on? Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Now, now, animal, let me explain to you why this behavior is a problem to your person. But you first mm-hmm. get their perspective. Does this make sense? Yes, it does. Yes. The animals can feel when you judge them. The animals mm-hmm. can feel when you are open as well to hearing whatever they have to say. So that's how you handle it. Also, with shy or skittish animals, whether it be in person and you see they're shy or skittish, or you can sense they are shy in speaking with you, first form a rapport, a positive rapport with them, such as asking questions about the personality, things they like to do, favorite foods, you know, anything, they, any messages they want to tell their person. Let them kind of, you know, take the steering wheel for a few moments mm-hmm. before you get to the topic. Um, that establishes positive rapport with you, trust in you, Okay, and they can, over those, as those minutes pass, they can sense, you know, as time passes, who you are as an individual and whether they should open up a potential can of worms that may upset their person or may get them in trouble, okay? Mm-hmm. So you've got to kind of be mediator here, but also um, someone that they can trust. And from there, I like to do what I refer to as the sandwich technique. I like to do, you know, positive, which sometimes the rapport is. Or if, if the animal is very outgoing and they've got a behavior issue that the person's really wanting to talk about, I'll ask the animal, you know, hey, what, what's something you want to tell your person? Because that for them is typically a positive thing that they'll, they'll offer. And then I'll go to the negative. So sandwich technique is positive, negative, positive. Okay? Talk about something positive. positive go to the negative, potentially negative topic. And then go back to something positive before you end the session, okay? Got it. Mm -hmm. So we're going to actually practice that sandwich technique. So which animal do you want to work with, the dog or the cat? Uh, Let's work with the dog. Okay, excellent. So I've actually never connected in with Bubbles, and we're going to have to therefore first both introduce ourselves to her. Um, So let's go ahead and connect. introduce yourself. And let me know when you feel like she said yes to communicating with you. Okay. Okay, so I want you to get a sense before we even ask her a question, because this is an example of reading the energy of who she is. Is this, where is this dog, where does she stand in doing this communication session with us in this, in this second? She's a sweet dog. Yeah. Who's a bit, I, I don't know, I want to say shy slash yeah. hurt. Okay. So a, a little bit of, un, like, eager but uncertain. Yes, well done, 
Well done. So this is accurate. The majority of animals don't come through this way, even when it's the first time they've ever talked with a human through AC work. Okay? But there she is. So she's a great example. So we want to make her feel at ease. So let's say something positive to her um, or ask her a positive question. So I'm going to let you practice asking good questions today versus me feeding you all of them. So what is something, if you were in the situation by yourself, where might you want to start? Well, I was saying hi and that I like her, and if she would like, I'd like to be her friend. Okay, and what does she say to that? I think she's uncertain. It's, it's like, she, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. So let me just offer her, and I want you to pay attention to her answer. I'm going to offer her this. Bubbles, we found, I found your, your photograph on a website that advertises that you were up for adoption, looking for your forever home. That's how we discovered you. And we are just two people that are looking to listen to an animal and hoping that you could be our animal teacher for a short segment of maybe about 10, 15 minutes worth of time so we can ask you questions and listen to your answers. Um, Do you have an interest in helping to educate us in our awarenesses of listening to animals? What does she say to that? Oh, yes. Okay, that's so much more clear. Now, sense, how open is this dog to communicating with us? Very. Yes. Yeah, now she understands our motive I'm and how we found her. Yeah, and some animals sure. don't care about this. will be chatty Cassie's as soon as you connect, but she does. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, I do have her, her bio, biography, in front of me, and so she does have a couple things regarding fears. But let's start with the sandwich technique. So what is a positive question you would like to ask her? I could ask her what she most likes to do. Okay. That sounds sounds vague, though. I don't like that question. Okay, Um, so then make it a question that you like so it's clear for her when she hears it. Okay. This is very informative to me. This is a great process. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask her her if she likes to walk and run. Okay. Outdoors. Okay. Great. Yes, very much. Okay. How about does she like to walk with people on a leash? Yeah, that works. Okay. She's a little bit nervous about that. Can you sense the nervousness about walking on a leash with a person? I can. She would prefer to go running. Yes. I mean, yes, correct. Free through the fields or whatever. And Uh her bio says here she is learning to walk on a leash. Okay? So they're working with her there. She's brand Mm -hmm. new to it. This dog um, came from a puppy mill. So she doesn't have a lot of the education background that a typical dog would have raised in a normal house environment. So Mm -hmm. that's probably where that's coming from. Okay. So let's go ahead and, because when I sense her, she feels like she's ready for a question that may be uncomfortable for her. So go ahead and ask her, what things frighten you? 
think she's been hit. Loud noises. Okay. So I want to translate it into lightning because I'm thinking, um, I'm seeing like bright lights. Okay, ask her what does that bright light stand for? What does that mean? No, I don't think it's lightning. I think it's songs. You're right, it's not lightning. So what do you, so what does she tell you it is? What does that bright light mean? I just, I I have a sense of being like in a very sterile room. Yes. It's bright and empty. Okay. And ask her, so what's your concern here? She's alone. Okay. And so what's her concern? Ask that again. Follow-up question. Okay, I'm just, I'm getting, it's like it's going to burn her or something. Okay, so let me ask for that. Mm-hmm. So I get, I, that doesn't read for me, so I don't get that, that she's concerned mm-hmm. about that. Ask her, what's, what's going to happen next? What do you think is going to happen next? This light comes on and then what's going to happen? just not connecting, Danielle. Okay. So here's when you take a deep breath. Okay. Take a deep breath. And let's, when you feel like you're not getting an answer to something, one of two things you can do. You can change the wording around or you can come back and ask it later. So let's try changing the wording. Ask her, do you know, okay, the lights come on. Do you know what's going to happen next? Not really. Correct. And how do you feel about that, not you knowing know, what's going to happen next? I did, I did get that. I knew she didn't know, but I had decided she had to know. Uh, okay, <laughs> okay, okay. So okay. good, good, good awareness. So go ahead and follow that stream of, okay, so she doesn't know. Now ask her, well, how do you feel about not knowing? It's scary. It's out of balance, yeah. it's in this kilter. Yes, you got it. What mm-hmm. she showed me, okay, same information you got. She showed me an image of when I asked, well, what's the light about? Uh, her being in a room, similar to what you got, I see a light coming on in another room and a person coming in, and I see her cowering. When I ask, what, what's that about? She says, well, the light is it's kind of like indicative of somebody's coming, and I don't know what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so well done. Well done. Good.
Um, you're definitely right on about the loud noises. I hear heard her say that too, as well as it's written in her profile. Um, ask her how she feels about being picked up by people. I think she likes to be held and touched. Okay. And, and you, there's still that underlying uncertainty. There's there's the there's the memory of it on occasion being pleasant, but more often being um, uncertain. Okay. Very good. So I get that as well. She tells me I'm doing better with pickups, but I mm-hmm. still get a little nervous sometimes because I used to always be afraid of pickups. Okay, mm-hmm. so well done. We are describing it in different ways, but we're both reading the same energy. So the concept is there, and that's what we're after. So the feedback and confirmation I always give you, ba- I give back to you is on, I ask myself, is Ellen reading the concept? Is she reading the energy of the idea or concept the animal is offering? doesn't matter how you say it, but is the concept there? And the concept's there, so well done. All right, and it does say here in her profile that she likes to snuggle on laps, um, but she can be cautious with people at first. Okay, mm-hmm. good. So let's go to the loud noises. So we want to explore with her, huh, what, what's, what's that fear about loud noises? Uh, you know, how do you feel when loud noises happen? Let's start there. Startled. It's like this. It's, she says she has nowhere to. Um, it's no refuge. There's no solace. There's no centering place. For Very bubble. good. And what's her body do? What show? Ask her to show you or tell you what her body language is when she hears a loud noise. Constricts. Yes. <laughs> and if you were watching her in person, what would her? How would you describe what her body's doing? even more beyond constricting. It goes up against a wall or something something it can find. So okay. So you're right. She feels very exposed, okay? So different verbiage, same idea. It's like she's got no place to hide is what you had said. Mm-hmm. She feels exposed. So getting up next to a wall, ask her what that does for her. She says it's it's like a, um, I mean, it's a poor excuse for it, but it's like a friend. It's like a safe spot. Mm-hmm. She finds it soothing. Now, she's still mm-hmm. in fear, but it's helping a little bit. In the human world, holding another person's hand when we're scared, why do we do that? You know, somebody's in the hospital, they're getting a blood transfusion or whatever, and they're scared, especially a child. What do we do? We hold their hand or we hold them. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's that mm-hmm. touch factor. Okay, that's what it's about for her. Good. So ask her to show you or tell you about the first time she ever experienced a loud noise that scared her. She was young, and it was a real crack. And it was a what? A real crack, like a sharp, big noise. Good. C 
see if you can ID what it was that happened. What 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 made this noise? I think she got hit. Okay, so let me look at that. So, did you get hit? Uh, okay, so at five months, yes, that did indeed happen. Okay, mm-hmm. something fell on her. There was also a noise associated mm-hmm. with it. Good. Mm-hmm. So she was telling me about, so that's at five months, and you are accurate. I got an earlier one, um, three months old, and a silver dish hit the floor, a cement floor outside her cage. It wasn't associated with her, but she was three months, and it startled the bejeepers out of her. Wow, you are really able to see clearly. Mm-hmm. It's practice, Ellen. Mm-hmm. It's practice. And you know what, Ellen? There are times that I'll get pieces of something, but not the whole story. I'll be like, uh-huh. you know, I'll say to the owner, you know, I'm getting something fell. I am not seeing what this object is, um, but something fell, and I want, I want to say it's made out of metal. So, Ellen, uh-huh. don't worry about the details. Um, what's, what's important here is you're acknowledging for the dog what she's saying to you. So let's go ahead and do the acknowledgement piece. Let's both okay. say to her, for the pieces, the piece that you got, and I'll say to her, for the piece that I got, because both did happen for her, mm-hmm. that must have been scary. I acknowledge that I can understand why you're afraid in that moment. And I want to explain to you, you know, like I'm going to explain to her right now, I want to explain to you that that dish hitting, humans are sometimes, we have the dropsies, and we accidentally drop things. And so I'm sorry that startled you. I'm sure the person didn't mean to drop it. Um, so... If that is the origin of why you are frightened these days of noises, I want to explain to you what that first noise ever that startled you was about. Because if we can unravel the very first origin episode of something, it can have Mm -hmm. a positive influence on other things. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. So take your piece, and to whatever degree you're aware of, go ahead and offer her something on it. Do say it out loud so I can hear you. Oh, okay. I, I was the bubbles. I'm. I am sorry that that happened at five months. And some humans are good people, and I hope you find a forever good person because that can happen for you. Excellent. And I'll tell her too. And most people that hit dogs. There's not many of them out there that do that. So mm-hmm. chances are really good that from here on out, you're in good hands. And maybe it was an accidental hit or the person was frustrated and I don't know the situation, but that's not the norm for the average person. Mm-hmm. And I really want you to know that, Bubbles. Yeah. Good. All right. So I want you to feel her. Now, here's an instance where you can go back in time and feel how she was before the incident of getting hit. Okay, we're using your incident, not mine. And now I want you to feel emotionally how she is after you just had that short talk with her. So I'm feeling before the incident happened and then I'm feeling now. Correct. 
Okay. A much freer and happier dog. Mm-hmm. Can you, I mean, so you can well, tell the difference, huh? Still the noise issue, but more confidence. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, she's expanded some. Mm-hmm. And this may or may not take care of, you know, some of her fears, all her fears, or maybe it only helps her in a subtle way be more relaxed in life. But, oh, my gosh, even a smidgen better. You know, every yeah. being is looking for a greater ease in their life, <laughs> even if they don't know it. Yeah. Good. All right. So let's see. The other things that says is she's cautious at first when meeting other dogs. So let's ask her, what is this about? What is this like for you? I'm not sure of how they'll be. Yeah, she doesn't know what they're going to do to her. Different verbiage, same concept. Well Mm -hmm. done. Good. So ask her, so how do you behave then when you meet them? She backs away. She hides. Mm -hmm. Good. And if they get in her space, in her bubble, what does she do? She protects herself. And what does that look like? She'll bare her teeth. She'll, she'll bark, growl. Mm-hmm. Will she snap? She can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. So it says here in her bio, she can be picky about other dogs she likes. She's cautious with eat, meeting all of them at once, um, but she's playful with the ones that she does like. Mm-hmm. Very good. So ask her, what kind of socialization did you have when you were eight weeks to six months old? And I'm referring to socialization with other dogs, not mm-hmm. of her, not her siblings and not her parents. Oh, okay. She says I didn't. Correct. I hear that too. She just plain didn't. Yeah. Now, in that scenario, offer her a thought or a new perspective. Say it out loud. Okay, Bubbles, I'd like to talk to you about how you might look at other dogs now. Okay. And go ahead and say what you what feels it's, right. That just like some people hit, but most people are good. Some dogs can be scary, but most dogs would like to be your friends. And you could look at them and listen to what they're saying to you and know the difference. And you could learn to play and have fun with the friend dogs. Mm-hmm. Now, let's offer her a substitute behavior other than growling and snapping if she's wanting to get across the information to her person, or even foster in this case, that she's uncomfortable and doesn't want the dog near her. Because if a human doesn't interfere, she will growl and snap. I see that mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. With dogs like this, 
one of the ideas that I often offer is retreat. I tell them, make it obvious to your person that you're uncomfortable by retreating to your person or retreating to, you know, someplace you can get away or move away from that dog. You know, you can cower. Just make it clear that your person needs to step up and advocate for you and step into the middle and that you're just not comfy. And I would tell the person, it's now your job person from here on out to advocate for her. Don't let her just figure it out. Right. Okay? Yes. Good. So that's an example of a substitute behavior. All right. So let me see what else here. Um, The leash. Ask her, why are you nervous about walking on a leash at times? doesn't like to be pulled and dragged. I get, I get the feeling she hasn't been um, leash-walked in a way that was a positive experience. Correct. Now ask her, do you know how to walk on a leash in a way that the people are wanting you to? I don't think she's certain of this. Okay. So what can you offer her here? Okay. Okay, Bubbles. So there is a way to walk on a leash with your forever person or your foster person and have a good time. And you walk by their side and stay close to them. And just let the leash be like a, a energy of love between the two of you. Good. And this is an example of one you may wish to use a visual. Remember we talked about visuals a couple classes ago? Yeah, I I was sending a picture. Oh, very good. Well done then. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Yep, and I'm doing the same, this ideal situation. And I show her to, when she's walking on a leash, Bubbles, you need to be aware of your person's energy and if they're going to turn left or right or turn around because if you keep a loose leash between you and they, then it's going to be very comfortable for you and you don't have to worry about being dragged or pulled and Mm -hmm. you're working in partnership with the person on the walk and here's how it can feel flowy freedom and fun. But you do need to keep a loose leash for that non-dragginess to come up. Mm Mm-hmm. What does she say to that? She likes that. Mm-hmm. I, I think she just really didn't know what to do yeah. about this. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sometimes they don't. because And why, how, how, why would we expect our dogs to automatically know, right? They don't walk each other in their own dog-to-dog culture. Right. <laughs> and yet we expect them to just figure it out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. without training or guidance or talking with them. And then there are some dogs out there that you'll meet who just absolutely love to pull on the leash, and they're not going to give it up, you know, yeah. and, and that's their thing, or, you know, they're in reaction or trigger mode, and then they can't break it, and, you know, mm-hmm. it, you know, every dog is different. Mm-hmm. But this one just didn't know. Yeah. All right. So her fears didn't end up being in this, with this particular dog, that severe or that, you know, um, really hugely, I get, affecting her life. But with some animals, you'll find that it really influences everything. 
Um, mm-hmm. Katie Kitty, we didn't get a chance to work with her today, but she's a skittish cat by nature, like all the time, unless mm-hmm. the house is quiet. And, you know, if me and Brandon are here or just me or Brandon, she's fine, but she's really skittish with guests. So she's much more, it's more pronounced in her life on an everyday thing, whereas for Bubbles it feels like it'll come up in certain moments depending on what's going on around her, but not necessarily 24-7. Right. Okay. Uh-huh. So let's go ahead and end on a positive note. We want to say something positive. So what might you want to sandwich this with? I want to say thank you, Bubbles. You are a wonderful teacher. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciated your being my teacher today. And I know you have more confidence and more belief now that you're going to be able to find a forever home in person who loves you and who you love. And how does she feel to that? Feel or How does she respond? There's hope there now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. She's much brighter, much lighter, much cheerier. You built her mm-hmm. up. You encouraged her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well done. Let's go ahead and thank her. Wish her the best. All right. So, Ellen, what questions do you have for you as we as we wrap up here? This was great. <laughs> I mean, it just it really I don't have questions. It just really helped me it, it helped me see how I'm working and where I'm working and where I'm not. Okay. And and I, I also think I understand, you know, maybe with the dolphin and other things. I'm just sort of marching in and to somebody else's party and assuming they all just would like to talk to me. You know, <laughs> I'm not really asking. Yeah, and you know, with some animals, you don't have to ask. You know, I asked Penelope Smith, mm-hmm. do we really, you know, I was taught by my teacher that we need to ask the animal's permission before we speak. And, you know, I said, what's your perspective on that? Because sometimes I connect with an animal, I'm ready, about to introduce myself, and they cut me off and they start telling me all about their life. And she laughed. <laughs> she says, here's the thing. Um, that's a very human cultural politeness thing, this asking one, one, asking things of another human being, and you're applying that to animals. When animals telepath with each other, they don't say, you know, one cat doesn't say, hey, can I ask you a question, cat? They just ask their question. And she says they're, if they're going to give you an answer, then they're willing to speak with you. If they're not willing to speak with you, you'll sense that, or they'll say not now, or they'll growl at you, or they'll, they'll do something to make it obvious, she says. But... You know, they understand that you can't just um, superimpose your politeness onto them. Now, with that said, it was important to do with this dog Uh because she was shy. Right. Okay, I understand it. And it would have been silly to say, can I talk if the animal's already talking away. Exactly. No need to back up a step and say, oh, no, hold on, dog, because I need to say this formally stuff. Okay, now we can begin. (laughs) You're putting them on hold when they're already ready. Right. Uh Okay. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Thank you. Go ahead. ahead. You go ahead. I was going to say the other um, optional homework assignment, if you want to do uh, something just like the practicing with other people via email, phone, or in person, is um, ask, practice asking animals about their fears, even animals you think that don't have fears. Do you have any fears? No? Okay. Is there anything you think of that you could possibly be afraid of or that you've ever observed other animals of your same species are afraid of? Discuss fears. Don't feel like you've got to fix them. 
But if it feels right in the moment to do the sandwich technique and discuss or offer a new point of view, because here's the thing, right? If you are, uh, when we change your thoughts, then our behavior changes, okay? If we keep having the same thought or believing this particular idea or belief, our behavior, you know, is in alignment with that belief. But if we change our belief or our idea about something, you know, dogs with car rides. Dog tells me I'm terrified of car rides. What are you terrified about? I don't understand how this thing works and moves. I'll sit and explain to them, okay, great, now I know what's causing the fear. Your person controls the car. Here's how a car works. The dog may find that they shift over time and become less fearful, and it may take time. Some animals will move out of their fear uh, super quick, and other ones it does take time, and some of them never let it go even though you explained it to them. And as long as you keep in mind it's not my job to fix anybody because nobody's truly broken in the first place, It's just Mm -hmm. spirit expressing. And in this moment, spirit, a spirit, is expressing fear. And there's nothing wrong with that. But, animal, I do want you to know there's other options. Fear isn't the only option. You could experience relaxation and ease. And are you interested in that? If the animal says yes, then say, here's a few things that you may wish to know that might help you choose that as a different option versus going to your fear default all the time. Right. Okay, okay. All right. So what, what's your last question? Um, and it's, this, this is a bit off topic, but I, as you know, I, I'm picking up a puppy mm-hmm. actually next Saturday. I'm driving to Missouri and picking up Saturday morning, bringing my dog, Electra, with. And I, I wondered if we could schedule a time either before or after so that you could help me communicate with these two animals. Okay. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, I I guess I'm, I don't think there's going to be a problem, but it's just sort of like preventative. And I feel, Mm -hmm. I I feel that I don't want to do this on my own. (laughs) Okay. Because I, I, I know with a puppy, it's so malleable right now. And to get off on the right start, would just be beautiful. Okay. So we can do it one of two ways. Do you want me to do the session for you, you know, where uh, you and me are on the phone and we ask the animals questions and, I, you know, you're just like a regular client, a non-communication mm-hmm. client, or do you want to do it where I help you, where you, I ask you the questions that I want you to ask? We do it basically in the same format, so it's very much a mentoring thing. Um, the gr- amount of ground that we'll cover will be different, in each scenario, we'll mm-hmm. probably cover more ground if I do it for you. Um, but if you want to use it as a learning experience, that may be just as appropriate or more so appropriate. So what do you prefer? You know, what's coming to me is I'm going to have you do it this time and I'll listen. Okay. And then I'll probably schedule another time where you could mentor me. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Then if we're going to do it the first way, then go ahead to my website and um, I can have you schedule it online. Or if you already know what kind of date or time you're looking for, I can tell you what i got available and I can book you in right now. Okay. Um, well, what do you look like? Let me see. Next availability would be Sunday the 19th. Um, oh, well, the puppy doesn't ride till the 25th. Do you want to do this before or after? Probably before, right? I'm thinking before, um, but I'm, I'm really going to yield to your sense of things. You know, ba- basically, I, I'm picking a puppy up 
on the 25th, and then my husband's coming too, and we're very, very open. We've taken Monday off work. So whether it's one day or two days or two and a half days, we've got a 16-hour car ride. Okay. With, you know, a puppy who's been living... It's it's a nice situation. He's um, this is a breeder who has four breeding females, and the females who aren't mamas serve as aunties, and they get to know cats, and you know. Mm-hmm. But I I think he's had a whole family that he's about to leave. Gotcha. Well, my sense is I'm doing a little bit closer to his pickup, which is on the 25th. So if we did it on Wednesday, 22nd, do you think you would have time? I could do as early as 9 a.m. Mountain Time right on up to, let's see, 2 p.m. Mountain Time and a lot in between. Wednesday the 22nd. If you prefer Sunday or Monday, I've got times then too. I I should plan on um, an hour? Probably don't need that much time. Probably a half an hour is all you need. Then let's do 2 o'clock. Okay, great. So I'm going to put you down for, that's July 22nd. It's a Wednesday. Put you down for 2 p.m. Okay, and I'll need you to send me a photograph of your current dog. And do you happen to have a photo of the puppy? Um, I, I can send you a photo of the litter. Okay. Any idea which puppy within that litter it is? I do not know. Okay. If you can find out from the gal... That okay. would be most helpful um, because I'm going to want to know, okay, which puppy, because they're all going to they're all going to have their own personalities, and we want to make sure we're talking to the right one that you pick. Right. <laughs> okay. So I want name, age, or if he doesn't have a name, that's fine, but um, age, current age, how many weeks it old it is, as well as uh, male or female, and you can just you can email me the photographs and that information in t- you know in, in advance of the 22nd. Mm-hmm. I'll put you down for 30 minutes. Um, the session uh, standard rate, so it'll be 85. You can take care of the prepayment by going to my website and go to the sessions page. Um, you'll see mm-hmm. three steps on there. So all you'll need to do is step one, which is payment, and step two, which is send me the photos and the information. It's got it listed on there if you forget what information I need on each animal. And then skip step three, which is booking online because we just booked by phone. Okay, great. I, I will go ahead to that right now. I will definitely pay right now. Okay. Um, and whether or not I can manage the photos without tech help, we'll see. <laughs> okay. And it, even if the gal's got a website online or something you can direct me to, that would be good. But, yeah. Um, and if for any reason you can't manage to get a photo, if the woman could give you a clear-cut uh, description, physical body description of that puppy, and ideally what makes that puppy different from the others in appearance, or weight, or it's bigger than all the rest, or smaller than all the rest, or something like that. Something distinguishing that would be very helpful. Great, great. She's. I know she's out of town now, so that may come to you more Monday or Tuesday. Okay, okay, that's fine. And in the meantime, I will send you a confirmation email in just a few minutes. It'll have the same call-in code that we always use for our mentoring sessions. So you'll meet me on that line, so I can record it for you. Perfect. Thank you so much, Danielle. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. You have a great day, Ellen, and we'll talk on Wednesday. I look forward. Take good care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 